we're live from High G's on this fine Thursday evening. I'm excited uh, uh, for tonight's podcast. For tonight's GFDI podcast, it's the first time that I've got a guest on who's not ex-military. I've got a coach, fellow coach, on this evening, and I'm super excited to to, to bring him on uh, for a number of reasons. Um, for anybody that's uh, that's been watching the Force Forward uh, journey of mine, um, there's a number of things uh, about tonight's guest uh, that you will you'll understand why uh, so much of what we will talk about uh, and this this uh, gentleman's journey resonates so strongly with me. Um, so you know he, he, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some challenges. Um, and some charity work, uh, I think. And uh, this is a man who has stepped up, I think it is safe to say, uh, of late, to help other people. Um, I Before I introduce you to him, this is a man who right now is helping anxious and depressed, uh, overwhelmed parents get their life back on track. This is a man who was an electrician turned fitness instructor turned founder of something amazing called Invincible and a man on a mission. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big, warm JFDI podcast welcome to Mr. Lee Hogarth. Good evening, my friend. How are you? Good evening, buddy. I'm very well. Are you good? I'm very well, mate. I'm feeling good, even at this time of night. <laughs> well, no. See, this is normally it's normally approaching bedtime for us, right? About this time now, isn't it? <laughs> Wind down, evening routine time. <laughs> this is normally my um, blacklist time, where I, uh, I chill and watch blacklist. Ah, <laughs> uh, is that on the uh, is that on the the uh, the box sets list? Is it? Ah, uh, on Netflix. I love well, it. I'm obsessed with it. So listen, tonight we're going to do something uh, a little bit different to probably some of the podcasts that you've been on because we talk about tunes on here, but it's tunes that have defined our lives uh, or tunes that have got stories, tunes that have got importance, um, that instill kind of memories or take us to a place. Um, but before we get into the first tune, um, uh, one I've got a question for you, really quick question, because... I watch a lot of your lives, right? Um, I've watched a lot of your stuff. You always have a smile on your face. I know that's not always been the case, right? You've always got a big smile on your face, right? So question for you right off the bat tonight was, what's the last thing that made you laugh out loud? When was it and what was it that made you just belly laugh? Oh, I tell you, it's, it's a hard... I, I know when I was laughing like that, Um in those numerous times, I can't remember what was said, but what I can say is my best friend, right, <laughs> he's one of those crazy characters who just make you laugh out loud all of the time. Um, and we've had a couple of little garden sessions since since we've been allowed. And he just does crazy stuff like not daft things. He'll just start singing the funniest and weirdest songs that you'll ever even think of, and he just makes them up. And I just, I, I just instantly, I just fall into that pit where your stomach is just rock solid, and I cannot stop. 
I literally can't stop. The the last time um, he was doing, <laughs> so there was a, for some reason we're pissed and we put yoga on, on the TV. And we're like, I don't know how it come on, but what he was doing is we muted it and he was doing the voiceover on it. <laughs> for the yoga. Like, oh, on the yoga. And he was just he was putting a, a, like a, a daft vo voice on, like accent. And when the woman's like bringing her knee up, he's like, and sniff your knee and for the ceiling. Stop the ceiling falling in and sniff your knee. And he's like, and he's just, I can't do it like him. He's he's just got he's got one of those personalities that is just incredible. Yeah, yeah that's it, no, it's important laughter, isn't it? It's a really important thing. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. There you go. See, I thought I thought what 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 kind of makes you what makes you laugh? What makes you smile? There we go. Yeah. Mates just do impersonations of yoga instructors. <laughs> just total stupidity. I like to be like I think we should get as much back to being kids as we possibly can. Like, I think Peter Pan's got it nailed. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to grow up, although I'm going to grow up. I want to keep as young as I can um, and, and just be stupid and, and have fun and so you can enjoy life that way. Some people get too serious, too... They try to become an adult too much and just get a bit too strict with life. And then they create all these boundaries and... That's what closes them off. It's like it closes the heart off to having fun. And deep yeah. down, everybody loves to have fun. Absolutely. Deep down. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, we can all be guilty of being a bit too serious and we can all be a bit guilty of taking ourselves a bit too serious as well, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 Especially I, when it comes to work. I think work's the, like, the, uh, the thing that keeps everybody <laughs> kind of in balance, if that makes sense. Like... Yeah. If it wasn't for work, I think most people would either there'd be there'd be two spectrums. They'd either be messed up mentally, or they'd be loving life and 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 having fun and, and just messing about. Without a care. Yeah, without a care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, like when you say about laughing, that's you when you're laughing, you are totally and utterly without a care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the same thing. Yeah, and it's it's one of the it's one of the reasons that I've uh, that, that I've that I've thrown music into this podcast. I mean, apart from the fact that it's a little bit different, um, uh, I I love music. I also love hearing what other people uh, like to listen to as well. Yeah, and and for me, it's there's always uh, there's always laughs that are that come out of tunes. There's always songs that remind you of of like good laughs that you've had. There's songs that that always catapult you to a place in time, um, uh, and and we'll come on to loads of them. So we've got yeah. six of your songs tonight. Yeah, it's normally four or five, right? But that was I, just in case you needed any extra. That was all. <laughs> no, but do you know what? That, that when I when I look at them, it's like we've. I, I mate asked me the other day. Said, "Have you had any duplicates?" And I didn't think we did, but we had. Um, but they were all unique songs and given what you've got at number six i couldn't not put it in um so we're going to start with song number one which is stereo love yeah edward Mann. so what's the story with that so the reason that i chose that one was because that's the earliest song <laughs> i'm gonna go doom and gloom here but that's the earliest song that i can remember um 
that sticks in my mind of times when I was really anxious. Um, and I know that was, this was like 10 years into when I was feeling anxious and all of that. But the, the biggest reason why I chose that song was Stereo Love was played religiously over and over again in just about every bar that I went to on my first ever lads holiday. And not only my first ever lads holiday, it was my first ever holiday abroad. Because um, my parents, we just went to Butlins literally every year. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Butlins, Skegness. And it wasn't even until I was about 25 that I took my mom and dad abroad for the first time. Um, so this was my first time abroad um, with all of the lads who, by the way, my mates, this, they're still mates now, but the mates at the time on there, absolutely crazy, like yeah. stupid, like not even right in the head, uh, like not wrongings, not like we never caused trouble, but just stupid. Just um, I just daft like one of one of the lads, Fisher. <laughs> it was I can't remember. It was the second night or something, and we're all getting ready to go out, and he just runs, and we're in an eighteen to thirties hotel in Magaluf in the jungle, and he just runs and jumps onto the palm tree and just starts swinging on one of the leaves on the palm tree, snaps, lands on his back, and then he's ten minutes later, he's about to get kicked out of the whole hotel. <laughs> <laughs> It was because he was just like pissed off pre-drinks and just being daft, and he's swinging on that. And oh, there's so much happened in that one whole like ten days. There was yeah. so many daft things that happened. Like he was uh, out. I remember coming out of BCM one night, and uh, there's just Is a big load of people. How long ago was this? Ten years ago, did you say? Oh, I, I was about. I, and BCM was. Is BCM still open? Is it? I think. I think it's gone now. I think. I'm not too sure. We have asking. It's the first I, I, I was in Magaluf as a 17 year old, which was like yeah. knocking over 30 years ago. And I remember having a night in there. Um, yeah. some nightclub that I think. Do you know what it is? I've just realized and I didn't even think I've got the picture here <laughs> on the back ever. Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, I'm gonna say hello to Diane who's watching. Oh. That would have been perfect. Uh, oh, it was. I don't know where I put it. That would have been perfect. But uh, <laughs> nah. But I, I think I was about eighteen or twenty at the time. Um, and and my mates were a couple of years younger than me. Um, so I think they were eighteen, and I might have been twenty or something like that. But yeah. oh, it was an incredible like holiday. I, I come, I come walking down those stairs at BCM to see the same kid. Who was swinging on the palm trees, nearly kicked out. He was getting the police. He had a massive fine. That they made him pack his case and everything. Um, and he's pleading with them to stay in the hotel. The same night, right? I walked down, all the commotion. He's mortal drunk, trying to put tab boxes on his feet. He was naked, totally naked. All of his clothes, his trainers, everything was gone. And he's just lying on the floor outside the BCM, trying to put tab boxes on his feet. <laughs> So, <laughs> tab boxing, honestly, it was absolutely crazy. Now, a couple of that must I must have been about the third night. So the night prior, we were getting into a little bit of bother with some some Welsh kids. Like they were being cheeky, so we we're being cheeky back and stuff like that. We didn't win scrapping or anything. And then that night, I obviously had to help him. I had to take him home. So I picked him up on my shoulder. He's wriggling. His tad just hitting us in the face. 
I'm walking down the corridor. I turn the corner. <laughs> turn the corner. Who's standing there? The group of Welsh lads. I'm by myself. Got a naked lad on my shoulder. And these lads are ready to chin it. <laughs> so I just, I kept walking past these lads. Let's postpone this until another night. <laughs> yeah. And then the first started like taunting us and stuff like that. And I'm carrying, yeah. I'm carrying me mate thinking, what on earth, man? <laughs> but I, that was a crazy holiday. But even despite that, like those times, I, I felt sweet then because I tell you what I done. I used drink to try and help curb my anxiety, to give me that confidence, to make yeah, me. I, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. But the next day, it would hit me like a brick wall. So I, that yeah. holiday was like high low, high low, high low, high low. And I remember yeah. going out sometimes. Me teeth. I remember walking, like red hot, obviously Maglove walking, and I was pooing myself that much. Like, me teeth were chattering. And I was like, ah. Just yes. so anxious and scared and thinking this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is going to happen. And then I would just go into the first bar and loads of shots being stupid to try and do anything to get rid of fear. Then you would yeah. have that moment or that couple of hours before kind of properly kicks in where your anxiety heightens even more. And mm. then you kind of, the ambitions were lost. And then I would start enjoying myself. But yeah. I see on some of the pictures, I'm like, oh, you can tell. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I can see it in my eyes. And I can see that I'm lost. And I can see that I was struggling. Yeah. But then at the same time, you look at everybody else and they didn't know. I, I, was, I, did, I wasn't going to tell them. I didn't tell them. The only person I knew was my best mate. I didn't tell anybody else. If I was having a panic attack, I'd just run out and pretend I was going to the toilet and just battle through it myself. That was, yeah. uh, it, it was there was a big group of women. It was just that stupid at the time. Like that whole yeah. man, I'm not going to admit my vulnerabilities. My ego kind of took over. And I was like, I'm better off not telling them because they'll not understand. Because why would they understand? What is it? I don't even understand. So if yeah. I don't understand what's going on, if I can't even explain it, what's the point in even trying to explain it? And they're definitely not going to understand. And just all these stories that I used to tell myself, to to essentially make me go through it alone, <laughs> which made me struggle alone, you know. Yeah, but then even even ten years ago, it was that that's that's still very much the done thing. Then is to yeah. just to just get on with it. Uh, it's yeah. not, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the done thing to be telling people about, you know, feeling anxious and 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 yeah. and, and kind of feeling lost. It was, you know, I I guess you would just. You know the, the the feeling of being able, or, or the thought of even telling somebody that at that yeah. time would be would would be enough to send you into another panic attack itself. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you you've got all these scenarios that you're bringing about in your head. If I say this, they're going to say that, and if mm. I tell them, they're going to start judging us. And then if if I tell them, then they're going to start to think less of us because even at that same time, like. I would have considered myself one of the the the, the proper lads of the group. Like yeah. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we're all just got on and we didn't really have kind of rank or whatever, but a lot of people would come to me. They'd be like, oh, where's, where's at the time your nickname was Hoagie. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I've, uh, I've grown up enough to call myself Lee now. <laughs> but um, everyone would be like, where's Hoagie? Where's Hoagie? Oh, this is Hoagie. So it's like kind of one of the main boys in the group. And you think if I'm going to tell them that I'm, 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 I'm feeling lost or I'm, I'm a bit screwed up, then it's it, it's not going to go down well. You assume, you assume, yeah. though, don't you? You assume, yeah. and 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 I would go as far to say is like if I told them, like they all know now, um, but like if I'd have told them, like I think they would have been fine. You know, I I don't, I I I wouldn't expect them to understand because, like I said at the time, I didn't understand, but I would have had a lot more support, and yeah. and and would have had me back. Do you know what I mean? So it would have made sense for me to tell them versus not. So in hindsight, I would have told them whether they understood, whether they didn't. Like, because I I did know at the time things that I could do um, to make myself feel better. And it's crazy because a few of them used to ask us, um, because I had this this thing where I called me travel kit. And what it was, was me and Hela, chop a chop lolly, it had to be cola, because I had OCDs alongside me anxiety. And, uh, and do you know cocktail stick? I'd snap the circular end off and just have the little stump and stick that in. And I couldn't go anywhere without it because I'd condition myself using distraction techniques that this, if I didn't have this, if I had a panic attack, I wouldn't be able to stop it. So at first I, I, I used to tell myself the story that I'm out of breath in, a, in, a, in this feeling isn't anxiety, it's an a asthma attack. So I try to say that to comfort myself, but it's cool because I've got the solution. So I'd have me inhaler, and because I told myself that and because I called me breath, I would feel a bit better. So I would associate that as a solution, but then, oh. it, didn't, then it didn't work one day. Now my solution's out the window. Shit, now what do I do? Yeah. So what I said, what the story that came up next was, it's not because of me asthma manly, it's because your blood sugars are low because you're hungover, so you need a lolly. So I'd get a lolly. The lolly would top my blood sugars up, would make us feel comfort. It would distract my brain from the anxiety. I could play with a lolly. But then it started to knock my teeth. I think teeth are like, yeah, I've got to say, but the, the enamels knackered off them because I, w- I would never have a lolly out my mouth. So, so that couldn't happen. I couldn't keep doing that. Yeah. So then what I done was I, I was at a bar once um, and I was drinking vodka a lot at the time as well. And I, I, I didn't have a lolly. So I snapped the cocktail stick and started chewing that instead. And I thought at the time I looked pretty cool. <laughs> and nobody knew. And they couldn't, no one me said my teeth were chattering. Like I'd be like that. I could just do it on the on the stick. And nobody <laughs> would think I'm just like a little cowboy chilling with his pipe. But I would just chew on the stick. So I yeah. found a different method that done the same thing as the lolly, but didn't that damage my teeth with the right. sugar. So then I'd have, I'd have those and I'd carry it and people be like, why, why are you carrying that? What, what, what are you, what are you? And I'd just be like, look, it's my travel kit. You're out. Just let me crack on. Yeah. And I'd just bomb them off. And so I how, long, have- how long did, uh, how long did you, uh, did you, did you kind of depend on this travel kit then? I'm kind yes. of, I'm- I've got a question to ask you, but I don't know where it ties into the into the songs here. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to hold it and just move yeah. on to uh, your next song briefly, if yeah. we may, because I I don't know whether you've done them chronologically, but this is all part of the fun. 
So I, they did yeah. in Jealous by Labyrinth. The, yeah, Jealous by Labyrinth. So I've just clicked the comments there and noticed um, my best friend's actually on you now, <laughs> Daniel Scullion. Is that um, Daniel? I, that's on there, and he's talking about there's the cocktail stick in the chip. Yeah. He was who I was drinking with at that time because he knew, and we'd go away and get me pissed first so that I yeah. could go to the bars with everybody else. Right. He'd sometimes wait in the pissing down of rain outside, right? And and for those who are local, there's a few my followers on you, it reckoned and outside the quarrymans, he'd sometimes wait outside the quarrymans for about 45 minutes to an hour so I could compose myself just to walk through the door. <laughs> and that's Sweet. after a bottle of vodka. <laughs> that's how crazy it was. But um, yeah, this this Labyrinth song is, it's not related, but I'll tell you where it, it comes from. Um, it comes from something I used to love to do was listen to or watch X Factor the next day. You're hungover, you're watching X Factor and everything. Yeah. And one of the, the, the when I sent you the song, I said the, the Josh Daniels version. And why that's important is because on X Factor, Josh Daniels sings this song because he lost his mate. Yeah. And, it, 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 and so the song in the words was he was jealous that he was happy in heaven without him. And that's the way he interpreted the words. And he was yeah. jealous that he was happy without them. But that instantly struck a chord. And it was at the time when Simon Cowell's mom had died. And it struck a chord with him. But it struck a chord with me in a different way. And I never, I never heard this song in that way, like ever before, until he mentioned about his friend. And what it simulates for me and what it brings about for me is, it sounds crazy, but me. I think you know briefly about my brother who's he's in prison um, and he's had a whole life of drugs and violence and all of this. And that song strikes me because I'm jealous. And even now I still get jealous. So the fact that he's inside and everybody else gets to knock about with him. So his inmates, because I love my brother more than you can ever imagine, is is. Yeah. He's done the, some of the most horrific things in the world. And I've seen a lot of them, but I love him more than I can ever imagine. And that caused a lot of anxiety for me too. But I can't blame him for that because it's my thing, you know. But at yeah. the same time, the song really strikes for me because he was he's inside that prison. I can't be with him. I love him. And I want to be spending time with him. But yeah. there's no physical way that I can do that. And then there's other people who... Rightly or wrongly, we're judgmental people. Mm. I believe I deserve more time than than some of these wrongins who were in prison. A lot of them yeah. drug addicts, the same as him. They're in the same crowd, no different. Mm. Yet they 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 deserve his time. No, I want his time. Yeah. Why is he having fun with them? I want. I don't want him create memories with it with them. I want him create memories with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's been out for. I think in total three Christmases since I was about 12 years old. Oh, wow. Been inside all the time. Like not full stretches, yeah. but the last times he's got out, he's lasted a week and he's oh. been back in then. How, um, how often have you, have you um, got to see him? For a, 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 quite a period, I'd go to see him and visit him in, in prison. But then one day, hung over again, I went... Um, to home house in Stockton to visit him and I had a massive panic attack and I was right. literally like 
I wasn't doing anything wrong. But you know, the stories come in your head to like, like you start to get nervous. So then you think the screws are going to look at me, look at me being nervous and think that I've got drugs because everyone visiting. And then the whole story would pan out that I'm standing in a queue. The queue was taking ages to get down for the tuck shop. So then yeah. I felt trapped. I felt panicked. I felt like I couldn't get out. So I'd start panicking more and more and more and more. And then I, I just freaked out. And I was like, I've got to get out. I've got to get out. <laughs> and like, and, and I just had to leave. And then from that day, I vowed that I'd never go back to prison and see him again. I said, so you're going to have to sort your shit out. Um, and well, he didn't sort your shit out, really. So I didn't see him for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, only when he came out for like <laughs> a week or two. Uh, yeah. One day, he actually lasted 23 hours from release. From release and being back in, he came out, yeah. stole loads of shit, stabbed someone, and he was back in in twenty less than less than twenty four hours. Oh wow, gee was They didn't even they didn't even clean his cell. He went straight back in. Oh, man. So cell. It's 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 funny, not funny, haha. In oh. fact, peculiar that that you that you've you, we've come to this point that I've I've written a question down here. You yeah. may well have answered it. Right, but I, I've got a slightly different take. I was going to ask you what the biggest the biggest decision that you've ever had to make was. Um, it, it sounds like that might have been it, but um, <laughs> in, in life in general, um, so I, I was what I, I was going to ask it slightly different. Yeah, I, I big decision, but I kind of I think what I what I what I'm really curious to understand is you've spoken a lot about your panic attacks and the anxiety that you had and kind of what you did to cope with that and what you did to mask it and how you would sedate. Um, but what was the, what would you consider like the big crossroads moment, the, 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 the period in your life where you were like, that is enough. That is it. I need to do something. And what did you do? Yeah. What was it? Did, sure. was, there one, was there one moment, one incident that kind of caused you to go right enough's enough. Yeah. A compound of two. Um, but then also, this is the, the the same answer that I was going to give you actually for for the for the question. Um, so one was I had a really low point um, where I was at one point I, I was just so scared to leave my bedroom, and I had a line of games of distractions along the back of me, along the back of my bedboard. I had Rubik's cubes, I had the labyrinth game <laughs> where you'd roll roll the ball and you'd have to like dodge the holes. I had that. I had my phone. I had a ball Rubik's ball and that there was just a really bad low point for me but what that stemmed me to do was to start to research into how the brain works how anxiety works understand it more because I was asking doctors what's happening they were like oh you're just anxious and I'm like well I know that but what is that tell me what's going on I don't understand I can't fix something I don't understand I'll just have this medication I'm like that's not what I want you're not telling me what I want to hear I, I want to understand it. I want to get to grips with it. And I need to understand what's going on. And nobody would give me the a straight answer. So I had to look into it myself. So I start researching myself. So that was one pinnacle moment. But then another pinnacle moment, which I've only just started speaking about because a lot of people didn't know. And I only plucked up the courage to tell me, mom, like at the start of this year, when I decided to start sharing my story. Um, and one day, just loads of things were going wrong. My anxiety was getting a bit of a bit of hold of us, and I was thinking that it, I was never going to get rid of it. It was always going to be this was going to be me for the rest of my life. But bearing in mind, at the same time, I had everything on the outside. I had everything. 
I was mint with the women. I had a, a beautiful white BMW. Um, I was like, I see, I had a massive group of mates. Um, I was making a, a lot of coin from being an electrician. Um, I had it all, but I was totally, I loved it when I was out. But when I was by myself, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was a shit with women as well because I just wanted someone to love us as everybody does. And but then how could somebody love us when I did love myself and I wasn't giving out anything for them to. Um, and one day I, I drove to South Shields Beach where it was just my place to get away. It was just it's a fresh place, a nice air, sea air. And I was sitting and many times I thought about suicide, like as most people do in this, like who would suffer anxiety and things. And you think, oh, well, I like when I cut my wrists and you're like, no, it's too messy. Like, I'm too scared. I'm never going to be able to do it. And you you see films and like, well, I was watching films and like, oh, I know what way you've got to do it that way and not this way. And all of that. And I think, oh, well, I'll hang myself. And then you hear that you're still alive for five minutes after you've done it. So I'm like, I haven't got the balls to do that. And nothing seemed to fit in line. But I felt, I truly felt like I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. So then as I was sitting at South Shields, it, tw- it just, a, a light bulb moment came a stupid light bulb moment granted one of the other things i used to do um to cover up me panic attacks to cover up me anxiety was i'd drive fast and i would just say the anxiety is adrenaline right <laughs> makes sense so i'd do i'd drive fast and it would it would kind of just say it's because i'm going 60 mile an hour and 30 that's the reason why i'm 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 feeling this way so i thought on the way home there's a roundabout I can get a good speed up. It, at the time, it was filled with trees. It's not now. I can pelt it down there. I had a, a 3.25 BM. It got there fast. It was remapped. <laughs> so I don't know what speed I was doing. I made the decision that I was going to fly straight into that roundabout. It was wet. Nobody would know that I'd done it on purpose. I would go out, adrenaline-filled, loving my life, with everything, a bit like, do you know when a boxer like retires when they've got all the belts and they don't want to defend them? It's kind yeah. of like that. I had sounds the like, car. Sounds like James Dean, mate. <laughs> I, I had everything. I had everything. And I could leave with everything. Knowing yeah. that I had I had, I had memories, I had everything. And um, a, a few people have asked me, like, what happened then? What happened? So I, I flat out, flying towards this roundabout. There wasn't a thought. There wasn't a feeling that I can bring about. But I slammed the brakes on. And yeah. obviously that's not good in a BMW in the wet. When skidding, um, yeah. luckily lost a little bit, skimmed the curb, pulled it back round the roundabout, got onto the onto the straight after the roundabout, and all I wanted to do was live. All I wanted to do was live. And and I think it was at that point that, and this is the to answer your question, that yeah. I truly, truly made the commitment to change like i made the commitment that enough was enough and i'm going to change i've got to do something and the light bulb in the changing moment was at that point i accepted responsibility for what was happening i felt that i was in control of everything that goes wrong and everything that goes right and at that point i was i could i was in control of if it was going to go totally wrong and I was in yep. control of going totally right afterwards. Right. And at that point, I accepted that it wasn't the doctor's duty or the GP's duty to make me better. 
It wasn't my mom's duty to make me better. It wasn't Daniel's duty to make us better. It was my duty to make me better. And I was the only one. And as we heard a lot, like nobody's coming to save you and they aren't. And, and even the same with me, what I do, I, I can't I can't save anybody. I've even had uh, this year, one of our really good friends, um, he commits suicide like for due to mental health reasons. Um, and I even had a message like, why didn't you help him? And I'm like, you, 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 you can't, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to have, and you've got to hit that moment. Like what I've just spoke about, you've got yeah. to say, I need the help. I'm going to do the help and I'm going to ask these for help, but I'm going to do it. And I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to change. A lot yeah. of people aren't ready to let go of the anxiety. They're not ready to let go of the depression because it, 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 it at the time and the same for me, it defined me. Yeah. It got me the attention that I wanted. It got me the love that I wanted. And in order to get rid of the anxiety, you've got to get rid of that temporary love and sympathy and empathy that you get. Yeah. And you've got to exchange it. And you've got to trade it in for the happiness and the true love that you get. Yeah. Love for yourself. It's almost like you've got to trade the love for others in for the love for yourself. Yeah. And then rebuild your life from there. And a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people still believe that asking for help is weak, when in actual fact, it's the strongest, bravest thing that you can do. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, so you, so you made that commitment. <laughs> did did um, did you crash? By the way, no, I, I, I was about a foot away from the curb. Yeah. Um, but I, I shit my pants, and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, right. it, it was a bit slippery, shall we say? So what was um, the first thing you did to, to, to keep that commitment then? Right, to, let me tell you what's funny before we go to that. So yeah. as I went on the other side of the roundabout, you may have actually known this. You probably passed this roundabout going to the events with Paul. Because okay. it's in it's in like South Shields bit. And I, I was driving towards White Mare Pool where the Burger King and that is on the roundabout. And oh, yeah. I was driving. I was driving along there and I, I don't live too far from there. And I was just thinking about how I want to live. It wasn't what I was going to do. It was just how I wanted to live. Um, yeah. And I was like, I had a couple of little sneaky laughs, like, what the fuck? My heart was pounding. I was like, Jesus. That was and do you know, like that was, I was like, that was a close call. But then I drove home, sat in my car for five minutes, went yeah. in the house, watched Emmerdale with my mom, like nothing had even happened. <laughs> Woke up the next day like it didn't even happen. <laughs> didn't tell us all. It's just it didn't happen. And and the and the reality of the situation, you can obviously laugh at it now. But I mean, yeah. what was the alternative? Um, you know, I, I ma'am, I've just uh, I, I I just thought about uh, driving my car in around about at like seventy exactly. miles. I thought better of it. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing off adrenaline. I better calm down. <laughs> Watch it ever do. <laughs> exactly. She didn't even like me speeding. Never mind out else. <laughs> but that's the, the, that's the reality of it, though, as well. Like, it's it it is hard to speak. Like, because yeah. imagine that scenario. Like, what 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 could you say? You know, like what? Right. Like, she'd already seen me cry. She'd already seen me upset. She'd already seen me have panic attacks. She'd mm. already seen the medication. That all it. But then, how does how what words? can you say yeah. you know and, and and the truth of the reality is is the word should have happened 
way prior to, to that moment. Yeah. The words should have happened way prior to that. And that's when it's easier. The yeah. deeper you get, it's harder it is because you have more stories that cloud your judgment. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. What was that question again? I sidetracked her. <laughs> well, what did, what did you do? You obviously, you made that commitment yeah. to life and to changing and that enough was enough. So what was the, what did you do? Mate, did this, you... Is so, this is so easy. Do you know what I've done? What everybody was telling us to do. <laughs> I've done what was... everybody was telling us to do. Start working on my breath. Start learning to calm my breath. Use yeah. meditation. Start making mm -hmm. some easy lifestyle changes. Looking after your body. You look yeah. after your body and look after your mind. Yeah. I started doing things that I enjoyed. I yeah. started writing down the problems that I had. Yeah. Everything that I was told to do that I yeah. said didn't work. Yeah. Started <laughs> that doesn't work for me. It started working. Uh, that doesn't work for me. I'm... Uh, I'm too I'm busy. I'm too agitated. I can't sit and control my breath. I can't yeah. sit and meditate. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm not going to sit and meditate. What are people going to say? What are people going to say if I'm sitting meditating? All yeah. those, those are stories. It works 100% of the mm -hmm. time. 100% of the time. Yeah. I just don't what people have said to do. Yeah. And then I've got, I've got coaches and mentors, one of which is a program that, 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 I don't know if you still if you're still in with Paul and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got coaches with Paul to help me take it to the next level and just and yeah. then I continued my development. I got other coaches and other help and continued researching. But mate, I knew what to do. I started researching from that moment I was scared to leave my bedroom. Yeah. By the way, the, the day before I was scared to leave the bedroom, I also pulled the handbrake on on my mate's car, take me to work. Because <laughs> I needed to get home. <laughs> at 8 30 in the morning <laughs> he's like what the fuck i was like take me home right now <laughs> yeah. yeah unbelievable so you that's it but, but you did it you started to you started yeah. to make the changes and you committed to improving your own life and and, and becoming happier uh yeah. brilliant I, I love it let, let, let let's let's move on to the next song because it kind of sounds, and again, I don't know the story, but it's Dog Days Are Over by uh, yeah. by Florence and the Machine. Yeah. I'll be truthful with this song. I have no idea what it's about. Yeah. I, I have looked into it a while back, and it's something like, it's along the lines of what I say it as. Yeah. But ultimately, what it means for me, um, and, and actually when I seen it was, I don't know if you've seen the video, it went viral. Um, is she actually called Florence? I don't know. But she's the woman, the singer, is sitting on a bed and there's a woman with um what's what's the word? Um it's slipped my mind, the disease where you can't stop eating. Uh, you, you don't eat, I mean. Bloody hell, I'm a personal trainer. It's gone from my head. <laughs> you just won't eat. What is it when you just won't eat and you just get dead skinny and you can't eat? Well, anorexia. Anorexia, it, it totally gone from my head. She yeah. had anorexia and she's lying in the bed. She's really ill. She's really skinny. And and Florence goes in and she starts singing some songs for her. And the, she sings this song and, and, and the, the lady in the bed is like crying. And yeah. and, and from the, the takes of the video, as you see the video, it's like her time's over, you know, like she's got a couple of days left or so. Um, and for her, it's like 
the dark days of of anorexia are over i'm going to pass over now i'm going to um like obviously go to the other side and hopefully be happy in heaven or whatever you believe in you know um but for me it's it it simulates that the the, the dark days are over i say dark days i changed the word to dark days but i yeah. actually think the word dog days means the same thing but i say dark days are over and and it's it, it's turned into a bit of an affirmation for me as well you know like I look back and, and I play that song and it's like it, it brings me high spirits because I'm like they are actually over like it's it's crazy to even you, you couldn't even when I look at my life now versus then it's just it can't it it, it seems as though it can't be the same person it's that yeah. whole scene where it's like if if you knew me five years ago you don't know me now it's like that and it's the same it's like in the development that i've had like mentally and physically moving forward in my life it's like yeah. if you didn't know me if you knew me a month ago you don't know me now <laughs> that's you know, the end of the i would just i would just I, I had a conversation uh with a with a pal of mine uh half an hour before we uh came on the air uh and right in between so that you'd said if you if you knew me five years ago you don't know me now and if you knew me a month ago you don't know me now what we were saying exactly the same thing we're, we're we're mega excited about the the prospect of being able to see people and being able to socialize again but the thing that we all need to remember and this is every single one of us is that the people that we are going to meet even our closest friends and family that we've not seen for a long time none of us you know and the friend i was speaking to he's been on his own uh, amazing weight loss journey lost like over 5 stone in 6 months um uh, had him on the podcast uh, a couple of months ago and it's like for so many different reasons weight loss is one uh, you know the, the the situation that we've all been thrown into another but nobody in the world is coming out of this period that we've all been through as the same person yeah. everybody is different for so yeah. many different reasons yeah. um and, it's, and it, it's 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 crazy um but uh yeah no i know exactly what you mean i think it's well like just uh, on with the lockdown like thinking about the the start of lockdown like i've i've I said this to quite a few people and had a few discussions about this and i think what a lot of people got a shock um because a lot of people were knocking about with their friends. They had all of the, the the kind of circle who they'd be with. And and as you're knocking around with your friends and whatever, you kind of take traits and personality structures from them, don't you? You kind of become a hybrid of everybody who you're knocking around with. Um, like I could always say, like, if you're not around with five winners, you become the sixth. <laughs> and what happened in lockdown and what I noticed in lockdown, like lockdown one, was a lot of people were restricted to themselves and they actually got to see themselves for once and a lot of them didn't like it and even a lot of people seen um actually had to sit in their relationships they were they're, they're on furlough or they weren't going into work they were working from home and they actually now started to look at the partners and be like bloody hell i didn't even like you and there were so many relationship breakups because yeah. there was so distracted with other things and just in the habit of being in the relationship or being with the person that yeah. it was just it was something they done but then when it come down to the point of seeing people for exactly who they are stripped away of their um influence from friends family etc a lot of them were like i don't like my partner and then a lot of them were like 
I don't actually like me. Like the, the, a lot of people said they felt lost. I was like, you're not lost. You're found. Yeah. <laughs> you're found, but you just found somebody who you've neglected all these times by serving everybody else. You forgot yeah. to serve yourself. You forgot to top up your own energy, top up your own self-worth, top up your own confidence. And you've allowed your friends to build you up with confidence. You've allowed your family members to give you all these traits. And you've been out on the take, 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 take. And now when there's nothing being, being given, you're like, what am I left with? And then and a, a lot of people, like you say, have now realized that and they've started to grow in themselves and they've started to rebuild their life again. Yeah. But from that internal perspective and from their own self perspective. So now the people who are coming out of lockdown are going to have so much more to offer. They're going to be them. And the people who come out now, you're going to see them. Granted, a lot of people have struggled and things like that. But those who have like kind of made that shift, you're yeah. going to see a, a, a whole leveled up person or you're going to see a whole different personality. Um, but like I say, there's a lot who has struggled and not been able to get the grips or make that shift or, or, or take that journey, you know? Yeah. So I've got, before we move on to your next song, I've got a question that's brilliant, um, written down and absolutely perfect for right now. We know that there are people that have kind of that have just made it work, you know. For as you've said brilliantly, there looked and done something, um, yeah. made most of the situation, um, and grown. And there are people that are that are that have struggled. There are people that are still struggling. What would be your advice to anybody uh, that is struggling that's that's still not ready to put themselves out there yet? For for people who aren't ready, like you just got to take as much support as you can. Like there's, like you say, there's the, there's, there's the category and there's the split. There's some people who need the support and there's some people who want the tools and the help. If you're not ready, just take as much support as you can speak to everybody and allow yourself to be supported by others. If people offer help, take the help. Not in, and I don't mean the help is in the help that you're not willing to accept or, or you're not ready to accept. I mean, just the help and support. Take the phone calls. Take the messages. Respond to the messages. Be truthful. Be honest with yourself. And what will happen is you'll go down the, you'll go down your own little journey. You'll go down your little path. And at some point, there'll be a gate, and you'll be ready to open it. Yeah. But right now, if you're not ready, you just got to take the support. Speak. Like, this is the first step, right? Like, speaking is the first step. Yeah. And the more you can speak about it, it brings you closer to that acceptance and that light bulb moment that I had. Yeah. It brings you that one step closer. And if you if you're not ready, like don't push it. Don't you, you're not ready. Like just let life take its course yeah. until you're ready. And then when you're ready, get excited. Yeah. Because because I think that's great. I think that's great advice. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of like. Like, even with what I do with Invincible, I don't take people on to support. Like, that's why I'm helping the charity that I am, because they can do the supporting. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that type of person now, because I'm, I'm so solution-based. If, if yeah. I've got a problem, give me the solution, I go do it. Give me yeah. it now. I don't, I don't now. I don't wait till Monday. I don't now. Oh, yeah. meditation works, champion. What do I need to do right now to start? Yeah. You just stop breathing slow. Okay, let's do it. That's what I am. You know, I'm solution based. Yeah. But then there's support. There's places you go. There's support groups you can go to. 
Yeah. And then you talk about it. And, and as you talk about it, you do a couple of things. You get a little bit step closer to being ready, but you also create space in your head. We've all had it up here. Yeah. Let's create some space. We know that meditation creates space too. But if you're not ready for that, speak. It's just another way to create space. It's, yeah. It allows you to relax a little bit. Yeah. It allows the journey not to be quite as, as hard as it is. Yeah. And it allows you, it like, not to get all technical, but it, ego plays a big part in this. Like, and it, our ego is a protection method, and it's doing its thing. But it allows yeah. your ego to subside too, so yeah. that you become ready quicker too. So I would just get the support and and and, and take that, 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 that. It's not even a risk because it always pays off, but just be brave and, and speak to that first person. Find somebody who, who you may think is going to, not understand because a lot of people don't, they really don't. Unless they've been there, they don't understand. Nobody else understands unless they've experienced it themselves. Yeah. But they don't need to understand. Like, I would just speak, get to somebody who, who's going to listen, who's going to support you, who's going to empathize with you. And then when you're ready, then you're ready. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Invincible. Uh, there and I, and I mentioned at the start of your introduction that uh, that, that you're a man on a mission. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about what you're doing. So, just tell us a, a little bit more about Invincible, about about how it actually came about, uh, and and what you're doing with it just now. Yeah, so it it came about really in first lockdown. It's it's always been a passion of mine. It's always been a dream of mine. Like from that moment, again, since I started researching everything that I was looking into and I was understanding it more. And I truly believe, like when I look back, like I struggled for over 15 years, right? Like I, w I wasn't ready for 15 years, you could say. You know, I struggled for 15 years with anxiety and depression. And I don't believe that I struggled all those 15 years to learn everything that I've learned to turn the page to where I'm at now, just for me to benefit from that. Surely not. Like, I don't know, I'm not being religious or anything. I just truly believe, like, I must have learned that to serve others, you know, and I truly believe that. So when lockdown one came about, I just started putting out small videos. I started putting out small content. People start messaging me asking for help. Then when they start asking for help and I give them tools, they started getting better and they started messaging back. Wow, Lee, I feel so much better. And I was getting good messages and feedback. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this happen right now. I'm not waiting. I'm going to create a program. I'm going to get some trial people in. I'm going to get them into the group. I'm going to see how it pans out. I'm going to create the whole structure, create all the calls, create all the content. And then I'm going to get the results from it at the end. Yeah. I got 10 people in. Nine people stayed to the end. Eight people not by choice or chosen or, or by me, eight people became medication-free. And I didn't tell them to. That's not my game. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a GP. I don't tell anybody to stop taking meditation, medication. I don't tell them to reduce the dose. I don't do any of that shit. That's not my thing. Mm. What I do is I help people feel better, live a better life, love love themselves more, and laugh more. Create, create a life that they're, that they're proud to be in. Create a body and mind that they're proud to be in so that they can feel invincible, confident, have the self-belief that they want. And as I give them the tools, as I give them the structure, the balance, because that's what I was lacking, and it all comes from my experience, once I give them those tools and the, the, the advice, the, the content, and they take it away and start applying it, 
Then they were finding that when they were going back to the doctors for reviews, they were like, oh, you seem a bit different. Like, what, what have you been doing? What's going on? And they're like, oh, I've been working with this person. They're like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. And, and then eventually I get a message, Lee, I've just been taking off my medication. I can't believe it. It's been 15 years. Yeah. Lee, I've just been taking off my medication and I, I can't believe it. Lee, I've just been lowered on my dose. And I just, again, it was, I wouldn't go like, I'd just be like, okay, don't stop what you're doing. Let's just keep doing what's working. Don't yeah. get, because you can get all hyped up about it and then and stop doing what works yeah. and fall back in the trap. I was like, the journey's just beginning. Just keep keep the amazing work up, keep going. And then now there's there's even more. There's even more people. So it kind of works. Um, yeah. But but ultimately, my goal is just to make people feel to feel invincible. It sounds it really does sound sound cheesy, but it means a hell of a lot to me. Obviously, the big sign behind, I've got a tattooed on us. It kind of means a lot. There's I don't know if you've heard. Have you heard the story about when I nearly fell out the loft? No. <laughs> so so I started the program. Obviously, the uh, the first lockdown, um, and one of the the first members who came in. He was a receptionist and then he, he he went to an old boys' school. He was bullied, he's overweight. And since then he's lost a shit ton of weight. He's, he's, he's found his passion for poetry and he's now like open to spreading it and 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 he's kind of lowered his guard about it. And now he's living his passion. He's writing poetry every day. Um he's got a book that he's selling on Amazon now. Um he's writing blogs all over the world in America, this crazy little town next to Jerusalem. People are reaching out all over, and he's writing these, these these poems. Even he wrote one for the NHS up here, and they're calling him the Angel of the North, right? Oh. But I was I was on a call with him, and I was like, "Mate, you've just you need to let me know his details because I am an avid poetry fan." Right? I'll pass it on. I'll pass it on. Yeah, stuff, and he, he does a lot of like like what I teach him. He puts in yeah. a poem, so it helps with us too. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing. He shares his story, you know. Um, and, and, and he reminded us one night, we're on a call, I says, I wrote, I wrote a poem, you know, mate, and it was when I was like nine years old, and it was at the time of when my panic attack started, and I was in primary school, and I won, like, an author came into school, and I won the best poem, and it went into some magazine thing, um, and I says, I know exactly where it is, because all my school stuff's in this little box, yeah. and I says, next time I'm at my mum's, I'll dig it out. So I climbed in the loft, got the book, I remember, it's a little red folder thing it's yeah oh, here it is <laughs> it's all beaten i'm good at you know because that there was like some sticky stuff <laughs> hopefully someone's not been in the loft doing stuff but i rubbed <laughs> it it cleaned off all the ink but that was little anxiously what you can see of them anyway holding this little book this is the book right here where's that bird at i think it's behind there but this is the book i got this out of the loft right and um, and I looked at the poem, and I was thinking, I bet you this poem shit. <laughs> I was like, I bet you it's shit. And I read the poem, and I was like, actually, it's it is as good as I can remember. Um, but inside of this poem, I'm describing anxiety, the frustrations that I was having, and the angers and the issues and the things that I was saying at home. Um, wow. I'll I'll read it, but I'm not a good reader, so don't expect this to be in any poetry form or any of that. Go on then. So it's it's called loneliness and um, i've actually got a tattooed on the side of my ribs now as well um a small tornado it roars like a young lion whose song is wind fire lightning 
Dizzy is a spinning heart. Warm is a wren's egg. Then cool is an empty cup. It swishes like a snowdrift or a hem of white lace over a moonbeam's whisper. A blistering sun raging, the calm of a school day ending. It waltzes hand in hand with itself. It smell. Hang on a second. Where's the? That's it, man. I'm I'm reading it. I'm like, hang on a minute. That's not my poem. That's the poet's poem. This is my poem. <laughs> this is my poem. Bad temper, it's called. There we go. I was thinking, what the? So here it is. It, it it clashes against the rocks wildly. The storm comes, angrier and angrier. The sea roars like a tiger on a blistering hot day. It's a hungry crocodile chewing at rocks and sand, rushing traffic, speeding on a motorway, a stampede raging through the jungle. The sea's roaring, roaring, roaring. It's a young child running from his nightmares who awakes when the sun rises. The sea calms down. Small waves appear, smoother, smoother, smoother. The wind stops. That's my poem, not the other one. I, would, I, I was going to say, I, I recognise that other one. I that's loneliness. How old were you when you wrote that? Nine or ten? Nine, nine. I it was the the person came in to teach us similes and metaphors of things. Yeah. So we were like obviously having to learn that what they were. We're writing loads of metaphors. The sun is like this. The cold is this, and and then we had yeah. to put it together into a poem. And that was the poem. Um, that obviously got in, but that's right. not what made me fall out of the loft. So we also had to draw emojis. Great emojis, right? <laughs> <laughs> On these, right? I have furious, yeah. <laughs> anxious, stressed, confused, evil, angry. And there's only two, there's three good ones. One of them is fancy. It's like a little pucker face. One of them is cheerful. <laughs> and the other one. Invincible. Invincible. Yes. I couldn't believe it. And I'd already called me programming it and everything way before then. Um, and this was yeah. like, I was already through the program and I seen that and I was like, those are all the emotions that I was feeling and, and going to go on to feel even more during that yeah. time. And then really the only good emotion in there is Invincible, which is what I've called me program. Yeah. Um, I just, I nearly felt lost. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it just cemented the fact that um that's what i was supposed to be doing yeah I, I i like that though it's a nice that's a nice story and 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 clearly you like you like words so i've got a question for you about words yeah. as well what's your favorite quote oh it's a hard one that you know what i'm going to go with mm. so it depends on what context i'm just going to give you a quote though what I like in sticks with yeah. me. And yeah, it's one... look, love isn't always licking arse. <laughs> now that's one of mine. Um, and it comes from what, what, always. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the, a lot of my members they love it because they, they don't forget it. Like love isn't always licking us. And it comes from like an open heart. Like we talk about open heart, we talk about coherence, we talk about um like love in general. And one thing that I know is like hurt people hurt people. When people are hurting, they hurt other people. Yeah. Um and when we when we flip side that and we think about love. Like yeah. we always think that love is this glorious thing that's that's so perfect and always nice. Like yeah. love is always beautiful, love is always nice, but love sometimes isn't always nice. You've got that tough love that you need there. You've also yeah. got that love that that where you, sometimes you can't be licking ass on, on, with people. You've got to actually tell them straight at some points and sometimes. Um, so the little quote about that is like love isn't always licking ass. Um, sometimes you're going to be told things that you don't like and that's life some things like some experiences are going to happen that you don't like and that's life but it can also be love too things happen be, or i think people do things to you because they love you mm. but it sometimes doesn't seem like it at the time yeah but then you see it in hindsight yeah yeah i, lo I love that Good question yeah. i'm going to think about that a little bit more uh, I kind of write a quote down every day too. So yeah. it's like, there's so many to choose from. Yeah, there's loads, isn't there? There's loads. Yeah. It's it's uh, it, it's one I, I thought, you know what? We'll, we'll ask you this as well. And I love that as well. Hate, um, hurt people, hurt people. Um, yeah. Love that. Uh, I love that. Don't, don't you find there's, it? Um, there's another one. Um, oh, what was it again? And it's by uh, by Macon. So he talks about how hurt people. So if you're hurting right now, and if you're struggling right now, um, you deserve more love, not less. And yeah. that's like a kind of affirmation that sticks with me. It's like you deserve more love, not less. And and yeah. that's what we think, right? When we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling down, when we're feeling depressed, we think that we 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 lose our self worth, we lose our value, we kind of like we lose our confidence and everything. And we start yeah. to beat on ourselves. Our self-talk starts to go, it starts to become destru destructive versus constructive. Yeah. But really, at that time, we deserve more love and we should give ourselves more love, not less. And it's only the love that's going to pick us up. Yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Right, listen, good time to move on to the next song. We've got three more to go. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's a combination as well, though, because uh, the next song is Beautiful Crazy. Yeah. This one's just pure and simple. I'm going to get cheesy. It's It it, it describes me, misses it to a point. Like, to, like exactly, exactly here. Like, straight down. The yeah. song, the words, um, how she acts. It just, it, I played it one day and I was, well, I was listening to Luke Combs. Um, obviously, I like a variety of music, as you can tell. I was listening to Luke Combs, which is like a modern country singer, and this song come on, and I was like, he's singing about Catherine. He's singing about her. <laughs> so I sent her the song, and I was like, this is this is, this is is our song now. This is like my song to you. And, and that's why I love that. It's very cheesy, but it's like whenever it comes on, we play it on. If I'm like a little date night, we'll put it on. And yeah, it's kind of become our song. And uh, like Catherine's my fiance now, um, hoping to get married this year. See, see what COVID says. Um, yeah. So you've so already yeah. you've already got your uh, your your first dance lined up then. Yeah, it, it songs are hard to choose. 
Songs are hard to choose. Oh, yeah. But I don't, I don't even know if I could dance to that, to be honest. I'll have to try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try. Yeah, you'll 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 find the uh, you'll find the you'll find the right one. Um yeah. the next one is is Lucas Graham's seven years. Yeah. That's yeah. it's just inspirational, isn't it? It's like it, it's kind of my mindset right now, like in terms of growth and in terms of moving forward. Like his life's nothing like mine. And yeah. and I'm not Obviously, it's all about his music orientated and things like that. But just his growth of moving forward in that little timeline of life, I just think it's so inspirational. And, and it's one of those that, that really picks us up and moves us forward. Um, like if, if you are having a bit of an off day and listening, to it, you just feel it gives you that motivation, that, that, that little pump and that hype that your future can always be better. You can always do things um, with your future. So yeah, that's 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 what that gives me that. Yeah. Seize the day yeah. procrastination is a thief of time. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, we got we got a couple of questions. I've got I've got to put this comment on because I've got a question related to what we just said as well, but I've got to put this on because this puts you on the spot. This is one of our listeners asking the question, not me. Have you read Pinky's book? No. There you go. Pink <laughs> What's, that, what's Pink? That's that's uh, Mr. Mr. Pinkster Pinky. That's what that's my nickname from years gone oh, by. Right. Uh, ah, apologies. They're asking, they're asking if you've read the Disappearing Scotsman. There you go. No, I haven't. I haven't. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that, Mr. Camsey. Shamed, Mr. Hogarth <laughs> on air. No, he's not read my book. He will now. He'll be buying it after the podcast. Right, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> So listen, um, back just back to slightly in the theme of uh, Lucas Graham, like you say, uh, and that sort of inspiration and kind of listening to you know the lyrics there and kind of his life. Um, what would you like to have achieved in seven years' time? Oh, great question. Um, I would like to. A, a lot of what I'm trying to work on now is kind of boring and businessy, um, but. I would like to have Invincible grown and expanded to have over 200 people in. Um, I'd like to have an advanced, because I've got the lower end program and I've got an advanced one. I'd like to have 50 people inside of there. Um, personally, for me, my life is about having experiences and creating memories. Um, so I just want to continue that path moving forward. And as the lockdown comes out, I just want to be doing as many different things and trying as many stuff as I can. Um, I've got a whole big list of stuff that I want to do and experience. Like, I want to go kayaking. I want to do some proper mountain climbing. Um, over the next, like, even over the next 90 days, I want to do Scarfell. I want to do Helvellyn, walking them. Um, but there's just a whole bunch of things. And I hope in seven years' time, I've created, like, a, I know it's a bit of a shit answer, but a huge bank of, of, memories and experiences because like i remember have you seen the kindness diaries no don't think so oh mate it's absolutely incredible it's another box set on netflix no. <laughs> i sound no. like a box set yeah. man but i only get an hour a night to watch these things um and it, it, it's a bloke he goes um i can't remember the exact towns and whatnot but kind of south to north of america um, and he's traveling on 
kindness alone. So he's got a little beetle and he's got to ask people to, to put his fuel in, places to stay, feed him and all of this stuff. And on his journey, he meets certain people. And when they kind of make a big impact on him, he, he sorts them out financially. I don't know what he does. He's not like, I don't know if he's, I don't know what he does, but he sorts them clean out anyway. He's rich either way. But he seems like a, a spiritually kind of monkey kind of man. Like, I'm not sure what he does properly, but it's incredible anyway. The, 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 it's so inspirational and it's, it's beautiful. And what he's shown is that life is about kindness. We should be searching for kindness, giving kindness, helping putting people down, motivating people, not demotivating people. And he meets this, this couple um, and he's speaking to this couple and he's like, oh, so like they're travelers. And he's like, so how have you started traveling and whatnot? And one was a paramedic and she's still a young lass. And she says, I, I went through all of these degrees and all of this to become a paramedic to help people. And then what I found was everybody I was helping was near enough old and, and they were on the deathbed. And as I spoke to them all more and more, they all were telling me about regrets, the things that they regretted. And they were all giving me the advice that don't go doing anything you're going to regret. Make sure you go and experience the world. Make sure you go do this. And, and they're all, she's seen a pattern of them telling her to do these things. So she says, what I'd done was I committed, I quit my job and I traveled the world. She says, because I don't want to die and I don't want to be in that position speaking to a paramedic with regrets that I haven't done this, that, and the other. I want to tell them that I've done this, I've done that, I've been there, I've been there. And that's the same for me. Like, we don't know when our time's up, but it, it, hopefully I'm going to be able to speak before it is. And I want to be saying, I don't, I don't want them being like, oh, you're going to go. I want to be like, look, you're going to go to Canada. You're going to see the views in Canada. You're going to get yourself to Scotland and go wild camping. You're going to go. That's what I want. And I, I want I want memories. I want to create memories. And you only get memories from having experiences, yeah. having emotional experiences. And, and, and the things that I do now, it's like so many people go places out of habit. Like, I'm going to go there because I've been there before. Why? No. You've already got a memory there. Go somewhere that you're going to collect a memory. Go somewhere so you can take something from it, so you can experience something. Go somewhere where you're going to really take something from it. And that's what I do now. I'm like, if I'm going to go and it's going to be the same old crap as normal, I'm not doing it. Like, take me somewhere special. I want to go somewhere. I want to see something new. I want to experience something new. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm about. And and that's what I want to be doing over the next seven years, over the rest of my life. To be fair, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Perfect. And you and you meant so you mentioned some of the challenges that um, that you would like to you know undertake in the next year or so. But there's yeah. one there's one particular challenge that that you've got going on to 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 raise a bit of money for charity. Tell us a little bit more about that one. Yeah, so. A lot of the challenges I've done in the past have been fear-based ones, just to challenge me on resilience, to challenge how I feel, to challenge the anxiety and stuff like that. And I've never done it anything for charity because I've always had this story that they don't get all of the money. You know, like if you think of a big charity, yeah. they're taking a hell of a lot and there's only a small percentage. So I'm like, I'm going to raise charity for them not to get the money. And that story's always held us back. And, and now I've let go of that story. But... I didn't even have to because I found an amazing charity. Um, it's local to, to, to myself in Newcastle, um, and it's a 100% non-profit organization. So every single penny that I raise goes directly to helping people. Um, yeah. 
So now that story's got it's blown out the park, you know. So everything I'm doing now is is directly going into helping people with anxiety, with depression. It's also helps war veterans um, and their families, and it also helps women in domestic abuse. Um, but the founder actually, you, you might want to speak with them. You might want to get them on. Actually, he's ex army, isn't he? Yeah, he's ex army. Yeah, he's uh, in in what in he uh, he had been in Afghanistan. Northern Ireland, all over the place. But yeah. at one point he went back to, to Afghanistan and, and there's just a switch went in his head. And 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 it was just his head had gone. He had he had seen everything before and, and it it wasn't an issue for him. It, 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 everything I'd seen just didn't, but then this time just something yeah. changed. Um and then I can't, I can't remember if he left or if he had to leave for medical reasons, but he was put onto the waiting list for counseling back home. Um, and he's still on the waiting list right now. He still hasn't been seen. He still hasn't even had the phone call back. But what he done was he got his pension and his savings and he set up this charity. Um, yeah. And that's what he does full time now. He's, he works with, with the charity inside of there. So yeah. what, what what I'm doing is a little challenge, just walking. Instead of a fear-based thing, I love walking. So why not do something that I love and that, that I, can, I can enjoy and serve others with at the same time? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk for 12 hours um, and I'm going to be walking from my house to Newcastle Time Bridge where down here a lot of people do take their lives on the Time Bridge. There's, there's like a lot of Samaritans numbers. There's a lot of police there every day. Um, so I'm going to go from there. I'm going to walk to Wall's End, um, which is where the charity is itself. Um, and then from there, I'm going to go to South Shields where I planned my suicide that time. Um, and then walk all the way back home. And I'm doing like a full circle to kind of simulate the thoughts, the repetitive thoughts that go through our head when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling down, then that that looping. And, and when you when you go to bed, you wake up, it's the same story, the same day, the same struggle, the same battle. So I'm going to do that, that, that full circle for that reason. Um, but for those who don't know, obviously, the area, I'm going to be walking for about 30 to 40 miles. Um, so it's going to be... a a pretty tough hike um yeah no, <laughs> so I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing it alone as well a lot of people have asked to do it with me but i'm doing it alone because i like as i mentioned earlier i used to struggle being alone i used to always have to have my mom there or have my brother my best friend there or have somebody with us um so I'm, I'm doing it alone for that reason um but i do have somebody who who's been begging to meet me um at the time bridge and she wants to meet me to kind of say that I'm not alone. Um, I'm not alone anymore. And to start her journey um, as she comes back, which is amazing. So she's going to walk from the Time Bridge to the to the charity uh, place itself and start her journey uh, to get better. Oh, yeah. well, it's, it's fantastic, admirable, and, and again, inspirational stuff um, from your journey, from your stories to kind of bring you to what you're doing now and to do this to, to raise money for charity fantastic and and in actual fact given that you've got six songs given the walk uh and whatever experiences you might go out and enjoy in the world I, i'm kind of guessing that this last song <laughs> because i listen to it what well, before every podcast i listen yeah, to well, it songs and i listen to this tonight and, uh, and and I'll tell you why in a second. I had some very strange looks from my good lady wife because uh, <laughs> your, your last song is uh, I'm Coming Home, Newcastle. Yeah. 
the reason I, I, I chose that song, like, I'm not technically a Geordie because I'm from Gateshead, but whenever I'm on holiday and, and, and I'm away, do you know when you just get a bit homesick? <laughs> and it's kind of like I really am proud to be from this area, you know, and, and that song just really reminds me of home. And it, and, it, and it reminds me of how amazing and how much I love where I'm from. You know, yeah. like, like I'm sure you're the same with Scotland. Like, you, you, you build bonds and memories with places and things and, yeah. and, and stuff that we do and we're associated by. And and, it, and and I always play it on the last day. Like, as I'm going home or if I'm on the plane, I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, I'm heading home. Do you know what I mean? And like a proper home bird. And I, I've noticed, you know, I've noticed a lot of people, there's a lot of, People who I know have moved to like Australia, they've went to Thailand and um, Tenerife. I was talking to a lady the other day who moved to Tenerife. But then they all come back and I'm like, why would you come back? Like, Australia is amazing. Like, all these places are absolutely amazing. They're like, you can't be home. Yeah. No, you, you, you absolutely can't. I totally, I totally get that. And, I, and I, uh, I, 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 when I joined the Air Force, every time that I used to travel home, I used to, and so this is be before the days of playlists when um, we had like tapes in the car and then CDs in the car. Yeah. I used to work out songs that were going to be played on the way home to like my mum and dad's house, and it would coincide with Dignity by Deacon Blue playing as we went over the Kingston Bridge from one side of Glasgow to the other on the way home, always. So I completely get that. I completely yeah. get it, um, but the reason that I get that like the, 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 I mentioned the strange look from my wife is uh, she's a, a butter girl. Ah, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I I know that you're there, but so I, some of my friends from uh, around and family from around the the Middlesbrough area as well. So I've got a question there for you because I know you're that little bit away. However, I know that this Middlesbrough delicacy is slowly creeping north. So yeah. You, get a little bit of kudos back if you answer this question right and that is one one it's not football related right no you'll like it i know what it's gonna be do you i think so the parmo what's your, what's your parmo of choice yeah i thought you were gonna say have you had a parmo from millsborough i thought that's what you're gonna say yeah um, oh, oh, oh you must have nah i've I've, I've, I've only had one parmo and it was like it was just a plain one from a takeaway. I don't even know what you would get. So just because the parmos, you got your chicken, the cheese. And I think, can you just get a cheese and onion parmo? I think that's what I had. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 yeah. I think yeah. that's all I've had. I've only had one parmo ever. They're absolutely, they're absolutely, I mean, ridiculous as far as like, you know, unhealthy food goes. However, as a little treat, I still adore them, and they do yeah, so much. I do really like them. I, re yeah. I, I really do like them, but it's just, I think it's one, for me, it's one of them things that I forget about. Yeah. Do oh, you know I, I mean? never forget about them. Every time I come down, I'm like, right, what are we having? I love, it's like a hot shot for me. Jalapeno, yeah. like pepperoni. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, and they did this double-decker one where they had, like, two of them, and they stuck kebab meat in the middle. Crazy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Why um, do you get like New Yorker ones and things? Is it like with bacon and barbecue sauce and things? Yeah. I, think. Yeah. I, but I've just, I, I've just not had one. Like, I'm, 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 all, I'm always getting pizzas. I get like a half and half pizza. I get seafood and kebab. There you go. Half, half kebab, half seafood. Oh. Like that. 
that, that's kind of what I get in filmy I love it. Listen, Lee, one more question for you before I yeah. let you go. Um, this is the JFDI podcast. I, I, I've had an absolute whale of a time tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. Um, some not only some inspirational, some kind of heart wrenching stuff on there as well. Um, some hilarious stories. Um, the question and final one, we call it the JFDI podcast. It kind of came about um, when I, you know, had got to a point in life where I was like, right, again, you, you know, it resonates with you. You've spoken about this. The time is now. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I need to stop creating stories about why I'm not doing it and just fucking do it. Just do it. So the last question before I let you go is, how do you apply your GFDI? Now, you could probably tell any of the stories that you've already told tonight, but is there one thing that stands out that's been a real JFDI moment? A real, just a, do you know what? I'm just going to fucking do it. I don't know. I've, I've kind of programmed myself now that when whenever I feel fear, it, it, it kind of tells me it means I should do it. Yeah. I don't know. And and it even even right now, like I've with this charity thing, I've had a lot of exposure. I've been on about three or four radio shows. I've been on five newspaper interviews. The TV's yeah. looking to come out and video and things. And at first I was like, the idea was there, and I was like, oh, I could probably message those and say. And then before though you start talking yourself out, yeah, I just go, I'm scared, let's do it. Yeah. I'm scared, let's do it. Um and that's kind of been the same thing for a lot of things, like the transport bridge job sale. I'm scared. Let's do it. Yeah. The, the breakpoint experience. I'm scared. Let's do it. Yeah. Everything that I've done has just been because I don't know if it comes from me being panicking and, and, and being scared for a long period of time and not wanting to feel that way anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But once I feel fear, I just want to get rid of it. And I know the best way to get rid of it is to see it through. And, and and prove that it's it's because it's always blown up in our head that it's always going to be worse than it is. Yeah. And, and and but I know that it's not. Like when you do it, it never is. It never ever is. Like Paul says, it's not too bad. When you get punched in the face, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. No. It's like half the time you can't even feel it. Like because yeah. you're so adrenaline up and whatever. Um so yeah. I just do it. Like uh, it's if I've had the thought and I've had the feeling and I've had the urge, it come for a reason. Yeah. I just don't allow logic to talk myself out of it. Yeah. If you wait, that's it. When that's it, isn't it? If you wait too long, you're gonna. It's just that's the whole point, right? You wait too long, you've created a story before you know it, and you don't even exist. Yeah. Exactly. Take that step. You find the opportunities that you didn't see existed. Yeah. Brilliant. Love it. Listen, mate, thank you very much. Before you go, if anybody's yeah. interested in what you're up to, uh, Invincible, uh, how can they sort of connect with you online, find out more about what you're up to? Yeah, so you can drop me an email at invinciblemind at hotmail.com or you can just follow me on social media. Straight up, the name's Lee Hogarth. You'll see my profile picture there in on the page itself. Um, and you can drop me a message on there anytime. Like a lot of people are like, ah, you can't message me, but I'm like, message me. It might take me a while to get back to you, but just message me. I'm all for having a conversation and getting to know everyone. Like, I think that's another pinnacle part of life. I think we should learn to, to get to know more people. 
so many people don't want to speak with anybody. Like I'm on a mission to get to know tons of people right now. I want to just like learn about people. Understand like everybody's so different. Everyone's got some great stories and and I love hearing stories. I love I love learning stuff about other people and seeing where they've been, seeing where they want to go, seeing what yeah. they're up to now. How's their life been? I love that stuff. And I love, do you know what? I, I love talking to old people. They've got the best stories ever, haven't they? Like it, sitting down in a in a beer garden, like in talking to an old man who's by himself, you, you kind of beat that because he's, he's eager to tell you everything. And, he, right. and they've got some amazing stories, amazing past. Um, so, yeah. That's Connect. one for everybody in there, isn't it? And it's like you say, uh, you, you just don't know when you might make somebody's day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Always, uh, I've got this saying um, that never leave anybody without a gift. And and what I mean by that is if I pass someone on the street, I give them a smile. If I'm yeah. in conversation, I'll always give a compliment. Yeah. Always leave, leave a trace that you've been there. Yeah. I love that. I love and that. And, yeah. People don't remember what you say, they remember how you made them feel. Boom. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Lee, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. I hope you've had uh, a little bit of en uh, uh, enjoyed it yourself, a little bit different with the songs as well. Yeah. Um, you know, right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. I shall speak to you soon. Come you, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you all for watching. Uh, on uh, We will see you next week for another JFDI podcast. Good evening and see you later.